Amen. Well, our title tonight is God Be Glorified. God Be Glorified. Let's pray over his word. Let's prepare our hearts to receive of God's word tonight. Father, we love your word. We treasure your word. We honor your word, and we want to receive your word tonight, God. I pray, O oh Lord, that we would soften our hearts, and we each would say, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak? Would you come and correct would you come and challenge? Would you come and prophetically impart what you would want to do tonight, God? I pray that you would reveal to us more of who you are, more of who you desire us to be through your word tonight, oh God. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, this word, glorify, it means to worship. It means to exalt, to extol, lavishly praise, to honor someone or something in your life is receiving glory, how many know what I mean tonight? In your character, in your choices, in the way that you live, somebody is receiving glory. Something is receiving glory in your life. And there are so many beautiful men and women on the pages of Scripture who are great examples to us, but I can't help but think of King David, a glorious example to us of one who knew what it meant to always give glory to his God. King David's ministry was never about him. His anointing, his gifting, his skill, his strength, every victory he understood that it all came from his God. And he always sought to glorify God in his life. He understood that every breath of his came from his God. In Psalm 86 verse 12, says, I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. You know, greater spiritual victory is released into our lives when we glorify God in every area. There is a deeper intimacy that you will experience in his presence. There is a deeper place of God's presence that can be found when we truly learn what it means to say, God, you be glorified in every way. We know it's been said, it's been taught, it's in the word of God that Jesus came not to do his own will, but he came to do the will of his Father. He came not to be glorified for his name alone. Every prayer that he prayed was always centered on his Father, the will of his Father, and he is our example tonight. And I would want to ask this question of every single one of us. How often do we truly say, nevertheless, let your will be done, not my will. Let your will be done. How can we possibly pray sincerely within the depths of our hearts for every need that we ever have? How can we say these words, church, and mean them? Yet not my will, but your will be done. How many know that it requires a deep level of humility, a deep level of surrender and trust? Our main passage comes from 1 Peter. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, and then 7 to 11. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Verse 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. 
And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover over a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. How can we live our lives so that God is glorified at all times in every situation? Three things tonight that we can take from this passage. Number one is arm yourselves with the same minds of Christ. Verses one to two, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. I don't know if you have ever asked this question before, but you may be here tonight and you may have asked the question, why do I have to surrender all of my dreams? Why do I have to surrender all of my desires and follow the way of Christ? This passage shows us since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, our living always comes back to the cross. Your freedom tonight, your spiritual victory the promise that you will be able to enter into the kingdom of God, into heaven for all of eternity. It all comes back to the cross. It's all because of the work of the cross for our lives. In John chapter 12, verses 23 to 25, Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. Dying to our flesh Taking up our cross and following Christ does not mean that we live in sadness, does not mean that we live in a state of depression or resentment or anxiety, that we live in death. But in these verses, Jesus said, if anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. When we choose the same mindset of Christ and we follow him, and we say no to the ungodly desires and the lust of the flesh, there is a spiritual honor that comes upon our lives. The Father honors us. He bestows heavenly blessings upon our lives. There is supernatural joy that is released. Rivers of living water are imparted to you because you have said no to the world and no to your flesh, and you have taken up your cross and said, I will follow Christ. So the answer is tonight is that we get to honor the Lord. We get to serve God with everything that we are. It is our highest honor and should be our highest joy to be able to say, I eagerly crucify my flesh and I take up my cross for all that he has done. Jesus, I get to do your will. I receive that honor upon my life. Verse 23 of John 12 that we just read, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. 
And we know that this was spoken right before Jesus went to the cross. Jesus had to die first before he could be glorified. And we too, we have to die to the natural desires, to the ungodly war that is against our flesh. We have to die to that church in order, in order that Jesus Christ would be glorified in our lives. So when life seems unfair, when we don't receive what we want at all times, let us remember that Christ is working within us to be able to show his glory through us. When he disciplines us, when he refines us, when he says no to some of our wants, it is all for one purpose, that he be glorified, that we reflect the will of the Father. You will only be victorious when you are led of the Holy Spirit. You will only be set free from sin. You will only be set free from the complaining spirit that wants to come upon you. You will only be set free from the worry, from the grumbling. You will only be set free from feeling that life is unjust or, un or unfair. You will only walk in peace and joy in the midst of trial when you decide that pleasing Jesus Christ is more important and more liberating than pleasing yourself. I pray that we can each get to that place in our lives of saying, Jesus, I want to please you more than I want to please my flesh. When I am hurt by words spoken, I have a choice to make in the position of my heart and in the words that I speak. Would you begin to sear this phrase upon your mind if you have not already done this in your life. God, you be glorified. God, you be glorified in every thought and word spoken. And as you begin to choose this mindset, this mindset and this heart position, healing comes quicker. Liberty comes quicker. Refreshing life will flow more quickly and freely within you. We will receive the victory when we train our mind to be the same mindset of Christ. I live to do your will. I live to please and to honor my Father. I choose eternal life over hell. I choose purity and righteousness. This is how our minds need to be trained. When we arm ourselves with the same mind of Christ, we will no longer ask the question why. We will not surrender out of obligation, but we will surrender out of a passion and a deep desire to please our Savior, to honor and glorify him. We will say, God, you be glorified. My ministry is not about me. My children belong to you. Everything I do in my life is for you and belongs to you alone. 1 Peter 4, 1-2 in the Passion Translation it says, since Christ, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset, for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. So live the rest of your earthly life, no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. How many want to be a prepared soldier, done with sin? Church, let us be consumed with what brings pleasure to God. In light of his mercy, his sacrifice, the greatest love that you will ever experience, we say, God, you be glorified in my mind and in my flesh. Number two, be serious and watchful in your prayers. After we arm ourselves with the mind of Christ, it goes on to say in verse 7, 
But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Do you know, I felt this word prayer laid upon my heart a few days ago for this night, that God needs to be glorified in our prayers. I am so thankful that this is a praying church. I would not want to be anywhere else. I am so thankful when I see how many people gather to pre-service prayer meetings on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. I am so thankful on Tuesday evenings when we can see the modern-day miracle that God literally has performed in our midst as a couple hundred people gather consistently week after week to walk these aisles, to get on your knees, to worship, to press into the Lord for miracles and salvation and healing. I am so thankful that God has sparked this in our church and that we respond to that. And when I see what God is doing in our midst, it humbles me, first of all. And second of all, it stirs me to yearn for, e for an even greater outpouring of his Holy Spirit upon us. Because I know that with God, there is always more. There is always more victory, and there is always a greater advancement in his kingdom if we would gather and pray earnestly with faith. You may be here tonight, and you love the Lord. But maybe prayer has not been a high priority for you. You may be here tonight and you are found in the prayer rooms. You were even found here on Tuesday evenings. But during the week, there may be a struggle for you to pray consistently, to pray with your family, to pray in your home, to pray during the day over your workplace. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say this as I've been meditating on prayer, that there are many who still struggle with this daily discipline at some time or another. How often we pray and the manner in which we pray is urged upon us in the word of God. Why is it challenging sometimes to pray consistently with passion? Why is it challenging sometimes to pray first in our days to pray first when we need wisdom or breakthrough. If I were to ask you tonight, how many here have ever struggled with this discipline of prayer at some time or another in your life, every hand would be raised. Now your struggle may have only been for five minutes. Your struggle may only have been for five days. But for some of you, there might have been a struggle in your life for this daily, consistent struggle of prayer for seasons, for long seasons. Because the truth is, is that prayer is a spiritual battle. Leonard Ravenhill said this, prayer is not a preparation for the battle, it is the battle. There is a battle that rages against every single one of our prayer lives every single day. It is real and it is strong. You see, Satan knows the power of prayer. He understands and he knows that God inclines his ear when we pray with faith. Satan knows the power of a praying church. He knows the power of a praying family. He knows the power of a praying husband, a praying wife, a praying teenager. And he even knows the power of a praying child. And so when you set your life to seek the Lord daily, consistently, with passion and perseverance, you can be guaranteed that there will be a battle that rages against those prayers. But church, tonight, God would remind us that even though there is a spiritual battle, that he holds the victory for us. And he would say, would you press in? 
Would you lean in to the breakthrough and the freedom that comes when we can press into that? The enemy will distract you. How many have ever experienced that before? When you go to pray, he will tempt you. He will keep you silenced. He will try to keep the knowledge of the urgency of your prayers from you. When you begin to question why it seems as though your prayers are not being answered, know that the enemy is trying to keep you from praying with faith. If you've ever fallen into bed at night, and then it's just been days and days that have gone by, and you soon realize, I have not even prayed today. Man, it's been two or three days since I have prayed. The enemy is having a party. He is so glad that he has been able to keep you from this tool in your life. But do not be discouraged tonight. This is not a word of condemnation, but this is a charge from the Holy Spirit. And he would say, rise up in faith, because behold, I have your victory for you tonight. When we pray in faith with believing hearts, God draws us deeper into his presence. When we pray in faith, God uses those prayers as a weapon against the enemy. When we pray in faith, God strengthens us. And we need to pray that no matter what, God is glorified. Doesn't matter what his answer is to the prayer, he always needs to be glorified. If the answer is no to what you've been praying for God, you be glorified. If the answer is wait, what are you doing while you're waiting? We say, God, you be glorified in my waiting. And if the answer is yes, don't forget to give God the glory for responding to those prayers. God is glorified no matter what. We have to get to the place where pleasing the Lord is more important to us than getting what we want in prayer. What do serious and watchful prayers look like? What do the prayers that truly say, yet not my will, O oh God, but your will be done? What do they look like? There are seven of these kind of prayers that I want to encourage us with tonight, and I promise I'm going to go really quickly through them. But when we pray with these seven words burning within us, God will respond according to his will. Each of these words happens to start with the letter P. The first one is praise. When we are intentional to praise God in our prayers, it immediately brings our heart into submission, into alignment with him. When we set God as the ruler of our lives and we praise him and say, you sit upon the throne of my life, then our prayers will be surrendered to his will. Psalm 145, 1 to 2 and 18, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Number two is passionate. When we pray with a deep yearning, our hearts burning for God. We begin to cry out for God to be pleased that his will would be done. His desires will begin to be our desires in prayer. Let us pray as David prayed, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. When we pray with passion, it will turn into faith. 
Our passion for God and his will to be done will cause our prayers to be full of faith. And we are promised that our prayers of faith will cause the hand of God to move and the heavens to open up in response to these prayers. Hebrews 11.6 is the familiar passage speaking about how God is pleased with our faith. I want to look at it in the Passion Translation. It says, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Number three is purity. There must be yearning upon our prayers to be holy, that our desires would reflect hearts and lives that are separated unto him. God has already told us that he responds to the prayers of a righteous man. 1 Peter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Psalm 24, 3 to 4, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You know, I probably pray this particular scripture in my life almost every day. Not every day, but almost every day. Purify me, Lord. Refine me in your fire so that my prayers would be powerful only for your glory, only that you would accomplish your word and your will. Our purity and our righteousness matters for the Lord to respond accordingly. Number four is prophetic. Let us pray prophetic prayers that glorify God, that glorify his will according to scripture. We know that God commanded us to prophesy upon the dry bones that they would come together, that the breath of God would be breathed into them and that they, and that they would be raised to life. These are the kind of prayers that God calls us to pray according to his word, according to his will. We are urged to pray binding and loosing prayers. These are prophetic prayers. Matthew 16, verse 19, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Binding and loosing prayers according to the will of God, not our will, but according to the will of God and according to his scripture. You see, when you prophesy a binding of the spiritual powers of darkness, God releases his presence. There is a loosing of his Holy Spirit into that atmosphere and into that realm. When you begin to bind the works of your flesh upon your own life, there is a loosing of the liberty of God. There is a loosing of his forgiveness. There is a loosing of his Holy Spirit upon our heart and upon our minds. Number five is perfect will to be done. God, we pray in every area, in every need and request that leaves our lips, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Colossians 1 verse 9, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There is a theme in each of these prayers, and it is that our prayers constantly and continually point to God's will, that they point to his kingdom, that God, you need to be glorified in my prayers you command our prayers to be serious and watchful, so crucify our flesh and let your will be done through every prayer that we pray. Number six is provision according to his word and his will. When you need provision for healing, for finances, 
for salvation, restoration, forgiveness, whatever the area of need is. We need to pray for provision according to his word and according to his will. And when God provides, he gets all of the glory in our lives. Luke 18, 43. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. John 15, 7 to 8, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So according to his word, we pray for provision in faith. And we submit to his word and to his will in every need. And number seven, the final part to this point is perseverance. This word means persistent. It is the picture of never giving up, never turning back, never sitting on the sidelines, but persevering, pressing in, of one painstakingly pressing in, wrestling in prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says that we wrestle against the principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In this word, wrestle here, it is translated to mean this, a contest between two, in which each endeavors to throw the other and which is decided when the victor is able to hold his opponent down with his hand upon his neck. And this word wrestle here is applied to the Christian's struggle with the power of evil. You see, God never, ever intended that we ever, for one moment, for one hour, for one day, for one season, ever lose the spiritual battle to our enemy. God never intended this in the life of a believer. And we know this after this verse in Ephesians 6, he sets forth the battle plan for our lives, and I'm not going to go through it because we all know it, the spiritual armor of God that we are to apply upon our lives that will empower us to always hold our enemy down with our hands upon his neck. And the final piece of our spiritual armor that is set forth for us that we must wield as we wrestle against the supernatural powers, the dark evil in this world, is the weapon of prayer. Ephesians 6 verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, God is glorified when we persevere. God is always glorified when we overcome by praying with the power of the Holy Spirit. When we persevere in our prayers, when we wrestle against the darkness in our prayers, God is glorified as he breaks through with his power. Smith Wigglesworth, regarding prayer, he said this, when the saint ceases to seek after holiness, when they cease to seek after purity, righteousness, truth, when he ceases to pray, stops reading the word, and gives way to carnal appetites, it is then that Satan comes. Prayer is the battle. 
And we must be serious and watchful in our prayers. And God forbid that we would ever let the devil silence our prayers. Do not let him win in this area of your life. Is it hard? Yes. Does it require passion and purity and perseverance and all of these different aspects? Absolutely. But the Spirit of God is living within us, and he enables us to push through and to be faithful and to be empowered in our prayers. Let us seek for God to be glorified in every prayer and every response from him. And number three, the final thing tonight from our passage and how we glorify God is minister in all ways with the ability that God supplies. Our final verses in our main passage from 1 Peter chapter 4 in verses 8 to 11. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, somebody say all things, all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, the only one to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What is this ability that God speaks of that he has given to us to be able to minister? Every single one of us knows this tonight. It is the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit that lives within us. Everything we do is a ministry unto the Lord. When you speak, you are ministering either life or death. We are reflecting Jesus in this. When you pray, you are ministering. When you worship, you are ministering. When you serve, you are ministering. And so these end verses show us that in order for God to be glorified, we need the help of the Holy Spirit in how we minister. Have fervent love for every single person with the help of the Holy Spirit. Be hospitable with no complaining and no grumbling with the help of the Holy Spirit. Serve and minister with his help that in all things God may be glorified. To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to end tonight with a familiar passage, and I want to bring something out in this passage that is obvious, but that just is a great reminder to all of us. But it's the passage in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now it is more than likely that God intended to apply this passage to the nation of Israel only. Did God intend to actually save entire nations, to actually deliver entire nations? You know, we've never seen it before, but I guess it's not impossible. God can do whatever he wants. But I end with these verses to remind us simply of the urgency of posturing ourselves in humility, of posturing ourselves to say, not my will, but your will be done. God, you be glorified. You see, the heart of this passage is humility. The heart of this passage is humility. And God simply says that in our humility, 
in surrendering to his will, he literally shakes nations. In our prayers, he moves heaven and earth. And so I wonder if you could just close your eyes where you are tonight. And could you allow just in this moment for the passion to rise up? Could you allow the desperation to be stirred within you tonight that God alone would be glorified above pride in our nation? That God alone would be glorified upon every dark and evil spirit that is trying to infiltrate the church and the cities and the provinces and the nations of the world. We want to tear down the prideful spirit in the name of Jesus. And we are desperate for God to move. Would you allow humility to enter? That we would say, God, you be glorified. That your kingdom and your will would literally come on earth as it is in heaven. Because his will, according to his word, is mass salvations. According to his word, this is the will of God. The will of God is that his people would rise up and become the greatest spiritual army on earth. So church, family tonight, arm yourselves with the same mind of Christ. Be serious and watchful in your prayers and minister with the power of the Holy Spirit. What is our ministry? Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3 God, would you impart this word into every single heart tonight in the name of Jesus, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort, to console, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of a righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified in the name of Jesus. Let's stand together tonight, church. Would you say in your heart, as we go into just a, a time of worship at the end here, would you say in your heart tonight that I want to be a son or a daughter of God who rises up and becomes a tree of righteousness? Would you declare that you will be planted in the Lord, that you will receive his anointing to minister the healing power of Jesus to the brokenhearted, that we would begin to be those that even in our prayers that we would proclaim the power of Christ to set the captives free that we would begin to prophesy a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This is needed in our prayers. We need to be the men and women of God who begin to prophesy the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That in all things, in all of this, in every area of our ministry, that God would be lifted high, that his name would be made great, and he alone would be glorified. Let's live to please our Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Let's press in just for a few moments. If you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you. But I just would ask, let's just close ourselves in with the Holy Spirit and say, God, come and shift whatever you need to shift in my life, that I would genuinely be able to say, God, you be glorified. Not my will, but your will be done in every area. Hallelujah.